And we are back with another episode of Joel's Mind Podcast. Thank you for tuning in and welcome if this is your first time tuning in. Um, I hope you stay and I hope you like the content and I hope you like being a better version of you because that's what we're talking about and that's what Joel's Mind is all about. So with that, I've got a couple of announcements I'd like to make before we tune in to today's episode. And it's a good one. It's a very good one. Um, so this last week I was... Um, on the web, surfing the internet, scrolling, doing what I do best. And I came across a website that allows you to look up your, your ranking, your podcast ranking, uh, compared to 2.6 million other podcasts out there. And these are not just, these are not all the podcasts in the world, mind you. These are podcasts that are active. These are podcasts that are up to date and are, you know, uploading and active. So, your boy, Joe's Mind Podcast, ranked in the top 10% of the 2.6 million podcasts out there, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Give yourself a round of applause, people. Give yourself a clap on the back. Um, I wouldn't be here without y'all. I wouldn't be here without the people that are tuning in. And you know what's crazy? I have all but a bunch of different social media platforms. You know, I got Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you name it. But I get the most engagement from the viewers, like the people that are listening. You are listening. You that are watching people that are tuning in right now, that are listening to me right now. I get more engagement from y'all than I do on those platforms. And that's by you guys tuning in and listening. And that is why and how I am on the top 10% globally ranked with all the other podcasts out there. So thank you so much uh, for this huge milestone. You know, it's difficult because, you know, I like to pour myself into this. And, uh, you know, sometimes I wish I had more time to do it, more guidance. But this is all it's about, baby. Enjoy the journey. Enjoy the process and learning on the way. This is what we're here to do. And uh, thank you. I just, I'm internally grateful. And I'm inspired and I'm motivated that there's so many people out there that are tuning in that desire to be better versions of themselves. So everyone that is tuning in, everyone that has keeping up to date with Joel's mind, I humbly appreciate you and love you. And uh, we're going to keep on going. So with that, today we're going to be talking about the inner child. Yes, the inner child. And if you haven't been on the internet for the last couple of days, Steve from Blue's Clues jumped on and gave a heartfelt welcoming back closure update, whatever you want to call it. And uh, my inner child was doing a backflip. So, um, but yes, today we're talking about the inner child. The inner child is something that, uh, to be honest, the way I'm going to explain it in Joel's mind, something that helps us understand why we react. It's a context that allows us to be aware of our behaviors and our reactions, most importantly. And the better we're able to understand our inner child, build that relationship, and just have that perspective, have that scope of that inner child, it will enable us to talk to ourselves. It will enable us to listen to ourselves and really pinpoint what is going on whenever we are upset, frustrated, um, sad, confused, whatever, Um and it's it's a really it's a really unique tool. It's a really uh, unique perspective. Um, something and I'm still learning um, as of today. And uh, I have this book 
that I'd really like to share with all of you. I'm not affiliated with this book or anything like that. I'm not getting anything, but, um, you know, hopefully maybe shout out on, on Instagram or Facebook. You know what I mean? Um, so that is how to do the work by Dr. Nicole Lapera. She is amazing. She's a holistic psychologist. That is actually her Instagram name, the holistic psychologist. If you guys want to tune in and check her out, um, we're going to be talking about some of her, uh, her definitions and what she describes the inner child. Um, so with that, just would like to kind of give you like a brief context of what the inner child is in uh, layman's terms, because um, it's easier to understand when you understand. Does that make sense? Of course it does. All right. So your inner child, uh, your inner child allows us to act goofy. You know, there's people out there that allow, you know, that be acting goofy or just the people that are not goofy, you know, and they're serious most of the time. And all of a sudden they act goofy. That's, their inner child coming out. That's them allowing themselves um, to be in a space where they're comfortable. You know, I guess we're just going to say it's not really them, but they're in, in a space where that inner child is allowed to come out because the walls are down. We're able to, you know, crack jokes, dance, you know, act silly, uh, make weird voices, stuff like that. You know, if you can ever catch me with my niece and nephew um, and I'm, I'm, I'm present a hundred percent with them, when that happens, because usually we're with family and, you know, you got 10 different people pulling you in different directions. But when I am chilling um, with my with my family at my brother's house and I'm with my niece and my nephew and the few times that I'm able to actually really engage with them, that's when I notice my inner child come out. I'm, I'm very, um, you know, laid back. I'm not worried about what they're thinking about me. If anything, I'm trying to get them to laugh and interact with me. And that inner child comes out in a way that allows me to get on their same level. You know, when we're playing dolls, I'm able to get into more character um, or, you know, we're, we're fighting and pretend fighting or we're running around and doing something when I got to use my imagination. That's when my inner child really comes out. Um, but, you know, I, another context is when I go to raves, when I go to raves, I look around I'm like, whoa, these are so cool. Look at all the lights. Look at the stage. Look at all these people. Look at the costumes. This is amazing. That is sort of your inner child coming out. Um, you know, there's allows us just to react in a way as a child almost would. You know, our walls are down. We're not worried about what people are thinking about us. We're not worried about um, if are you right or wrong, politically correct, nothing like that. Your child, you, you know, that moment comes out. And those are good moments. Those are helpful moments. But on the flip end, there's moments where we react like a child. We're slamming doors, we're slamming things, we're yelling, we're crossing our arms, we're making the face, we're doing things that a child would do. And usually that comes from a reaction of a trigger. And so what we're going to do is we're going to dive into Dr. Nicole LaPera's book and she's going to explain it because she explains it best. So, um... One key thing about the inner child, um, mainly what psychologists refer to the inner child is not more of this, not the way I'm describing it as in this imaginary reactive figment of your imagination, but more so as a, a wounded inner child. Now, the reason why 
you know, psychologists almost said we, I'm not a psychologist quite yet, but you know, you get the gist. Um, psychologists, they talk about the inner wounded, the win- wounded inner child. And that wounded inner child comes from childhood trauma. It comes from when something in your past happens and that stays with you. Even though you think you're over it, even though you think um, you got through it, something lingers on. And when something triggers that wounded child, that's when that wounded child reacts. And that's when we start to react in a way that it's kind of hard for us to backpedal from. Um, like, for example, you ever, ever get so mad and you're just like, I don't even want to be mad anymore. But you don't know how to not to be mad. And you're just frustrated and your eyebrows, you know, crinkling and you are just got a headache because of it. You know what I mean? That is what we're talking about today, people, is understanding the wounded child, the reactions, and how that is going to help us be a better version of ourselves. All right. So let's dive into just the definition of the inner child. All right. So Dr. Nicola Perra states in her book, this childlike part is free, filled with wonder and awe and connected to the inner wisdom of our authentic self. It can be accessed only when we are safely in the social connection zone of our nervous system, able to feel spontaneous and open. It is playful and uninhibited or so fully present in the moment that time doesn't seem to exist. The same inner childlike part of each of us, when not acknowledged, can run rampant in our adult's life, often reacting impulsively and selfishly. So now she dives in a little more deeper into um, how and what um, uh, inner child wound stems from, how it's created. Inner child wounds from our childhood, whoops, excuse me. Inner child wounds are the consistently unmet emotional, physical, and spiritual needs from our childhood expressed through our subconscious that continue to impact our present self. Did you get that? So there's there's moments in our childhood that are unmet. Um, it could be a reoccurring. It could be a big traumatic event like being lost in the store. That's a big one. It's scary. Um that can, you know, just in my example, you know, being lost in the store can trigger you in the future if you, you know, you are somewhere in a social event and you lose your friends and all of a sudden you're afraid, you're scared because you know what it's like to be lost. That's one example. Um, so as people, as you know, this is Joel's mind. And uh, it wouldn't be Joel's mind if I didn't give you a piece of my mind. So with that, I'd like to share a piece of me to help you understand um, this inner child, the inner wound, why it's important, why it can help you or how it can help you in the future. So as a as a young kid, you know, as a child, um, there definitely was times in my life where um, some needs weren't being met. Yeah, you know, during that time, how this stemmed out to being 
impacting me in the future as an adult was this one time in my life when I had go home from college and I would go visit my mom. I had to go visit my parents and my mom being the loving mother that she is would greet me as the baby boy that I am to her. And she would, you know, she would, you know, hit me with the baby talk, you know, grab my cheeks and just, you know, kind of like just baby me for a few minutes before actually, you know, we actually kicked it off. Now, um, I know this is sound really, uh, uh, ungrateful, but I'm going to share it anyways. I'd get so upset people. It would bother me so freaking much that she used to do that. I'd be like, mom, I haven't seen you in months. This is how you treat me. This is how you react. I was so upset. Like it, like I, I remember the feeling I would feel it in my gut, how upset I felt. And to be honest, I felt like a little kid, you know, when those little kids get upset and they just kind of look down and they kind of turn away. And they, yeah, you, you know what I'm talking about? That's exactly how I felt. That's something that would come out. And it would frustrate me. I'd get so, it would bother me. And it bothered me for a long time, to be honest. And the reason why it bothered me is because I didn't feel like I was being seen. I didn't really feel like I was being heard. Because I was coming from college. I was, you know, a young adult doing what, you know, doing what I was doing as a college student. I was working. I was taking care of myself. I was paying my bills. I was, you know, I paid for my, I paid my car off. You know, I like I was doing everything in the book that would translate to me being uh, a self-sustaining young adult. And so when she would when I would see her, that's not how she made me feel. She made me feel like a child. And it bothered me so much, people. And I didn't understand it for the life of me. I didn't understand it for a long time. I didn't understand why I got so upset. But I also didn't understand why she didn't just treat me like the adult that I was. Until I understood what these, how the inner child can be wounded and, and how that stems throughout your life. And that's what it was. You know, at a, at a, at a moment in my life and in my childhood, I didn't feel seen. I didn't feel heard. I didn't feel like I existed to some degree. And so when my mother would greet me as her baby boy, but yeah, I, in my mind, I was this grown man. I was a young adult. Look at me, mom. Look at how, how responsible and, you know, look how hard I'm trying to be successful. When she treated me like a baby, that's not where I was at in my life. It bothered me. And my inner child went back to not feeling seen and not being heard. So, which ended up with me crossing my arms and being so upset with my mother. And it just, that's, that was just, that's just a little piece of me where it, now that I look back on it, it's just, it's, it's, it's comical, you know, it, it, was, it wasn't that serious, but I, I'm not joking how upset I used to get. I was really upset. I was really bothered. And, you know, now, but now I understand why I was so upset. You know, for the life of me, I couldn't really tell. And I just, and I felt right. I felt like I was, wasn't like, I'm just asking her to, to see me as her son, not treat me as a child. And, you know, 
now that I look at it, I'm just like, you know, mama hasn't seen me in months. You know, I'm always going to be her baby boy. Don't matter how old I am, whether I got wrinkles, whether I got 10 kids, it don't matter. I'm still going to be her baby boy. So with that, I love you, mother. Um, but when I understood the inner child and I understood how these triggers and how childhood trauma can correlate into the future and, and transcend into the future, I soon then realized that it wasn't me. It wasn't necessarily me as the individual, that grown adult that was really getting upset. It was this inner child of mine that was getting upset, which transcended me to being so upset. Now, you're probably thinking like, why, how, how is it not you? And how is it this inner child? Now, the, the way it works, the way this context, this perspective, whether you believe it or not, you know, it's something that we carry ourselves. There's reason why we do certain things. There's reason why there's people, there's people pleasers out there. There's reason why there's people that are overachievers. Now, I'm going to go ahead and break down Dr. Nicole LaPera's seven archetypes of the inner child. Before I do that, get some water. All right. So the seven inner archetypes. First is the caretaker. There's a couple of caretakers in, in my life that I know. They're pretty awesome. The caretaker typically comes from the codependent dynamics. Gains a sense of identity and self-worth through neglecting their own needs. Believes that the only way to receive love is to cater to others and ignore their own needs. We, we, we're jumping right into people. You're going to hear yourself in this these couple different archetypes. Whether there may be one that screams out to you or maybe they all do. But just tune in. The overachiever feels seen, heard, and valued through success and achievement. Uses external validation as a way to cope with low self-worth. Believes that the only way to receive love is through achievement. The underachiever. Shout out to the underachievers. The underachiever and the rap group, by the way. But anyways, the underachiever keeps themselves small, unseen, and beneath their potential due to fear of criticism or shame about failure. Takes themselves out of the emotional game before it's even played. Believes that the only way to receive love is to stay invisible. The rescuer slash protector. Ferociously, ferociously attempts to rescue those around them and attempt to heal from their own vulnerability, especially in childhood. Views others as helpless, incapable, and dependent. And derives their love and self-worth from being in a position of power. Believes that the only way to receive love is to help others by focusing on their wants and needs and helping them solve their problems. The life of the party. This is the always happy and cheerful comedic person who never shows pain, weakness, or vulnerability. It's likely that this inner child was shamed for their emotional state. Believes that only way to feel okay and receive love is to make sure that everyone around them is happy. The yes person drops everything and neglects all needs in the service of others was likely modeled self-sacrifice in childhood and engaged in deep codependency to patterns much as the caretaker did believes that the only way to receive love 
is to be both good and selfless. The hero worshiper needs to have a person or guru to follow likely emerges from an inner child wound made by a caretaker who has perceived as superhuman without faults, believes that the only way to receive love is to reject their own needs and desires and view others as a model to learn how to live. These are the seven archetypes of the inner child by Dr. Nicola Perra. <clears throat> now let's take it back a little bit. How's this going to help us? So we get it. There's, there's seven little kids in us. Is that right? No, that's not what I'm saying. How it helps us is because in those moments, let's take it back to my example. When I was upset, I didn't quite understand what, what was what. But after learning what the inner child was, I was able to look back and be like, because of the times in my childhood that I felt that I wasn't being seen, I wasn't being acknowledged, that, that has transcended in my life. And, there, and more than just this one experience that I'm sharing with y'all. And so now that I understand that that is something, a childhood, that's an inner child wound that I have, there's times where when I'm triggered, much like the situation where I'm not being seen or heard in this example that I gave you with my mother. I'm able to talk to myself. I'm able to acknowledge that inner child in me. And it's weird, but I'm going to explain how. And this book, in a training and video that she has, which I will link in the description, and, and other books... They describe talking to your inner child. And not the way that you tip you and I typically talk to ourselves. Or I may, you know, maybe I should project myself onto you, but the way I talk to myself is very condescending and rude sometimes. It doesn't help. You don't talk to a child like that. So why would you talk to your inner child like that? And this works. Unbelievably, surprisingly, it works. What I do and what I've learned is to picture myself as my younger self, as a child. And whenever I am triggered like that, I have a conversation with that little kid, with little old me. I talk to him. I talk to him as um, a reassuring adult. The adult that I am today, I ask him what is wrong. And usually what he tells me is that he's upset or he's hurt, or he feels some type of way. And in those moments, I'm able to identify what is what and what is really bothering me. We typically as humans start to attack other people or things or situations when we find ourselves in a position that we are feeling defense, feeling we need to be on our defense. We're feeling hopeless. You know, we start to backpedal. We start to, we bring, we bring up our guard. And the situation with my mother, it's not my mother's fault. It's not that she is, you know, being mean or rude to me. It's the fact that I feel like I'm not being seen or heard. But knowing that allows me to look at the situation and be like, 
It's not that she's not seeing you or hearing you or acknowledging where you're at in life. Because clearly she is because she's embracing you by her warmth and her love that a mother would give. But more specifically, how my mother gives love. It enables me to pit my guard down, to unfold my arms, and to process the situation in a different perspective. Where then that lump in my throat, that forehead that's crunched, and that feeling that I have in my chest... It goes away because I'm now seeing it through the lens of the wounded child, not through the lens of the ego, which at that point we're thinking it's someone else. The inner child is a part of us to protect us. That's what the inner child is there for. And so when we react to certain things or certain people, we, we, we're reactive but it's not necessarily you being reactive. It's not necessarily your person, you as your identity is reacting to whatever that situation is. It very much can be your inner child trying to protect you and putting you in, in this defensive mode where you start to react, throw a tantrum. You don't want to, you know, you don't want to share. You, you, you isolate yourself. You don't want to talk to anyone. Or, you know, you go and run off and you start talking to other people to go try, try and spread something that isn't necessarily true or, you know, you spread your own narrative. If we're able to observe our inner child and be aware of it, and that's, that's all it really takes. And that's what I want to give you all today is that awareness of your inner child. The next time someone offends you or someone makes you feel triggered or you start to isolate yourself, you start to get mad I want you to think about this. I want you to think about your inner child. But most importantly, I'd love for you to tap on the link and watch the video about uh, Dr. LaPera explaining the inner child because she can explain it a little better than I can. And I'd also and highly encourage you to get this book, educate yourself, learn more about the inner child because it is another tool to help you understand you and your childhood and how you can be a better version of yourself here and today in the present by acknowledging the past and hugging your inner child. So with that, just want to give a shout out to Dr. LaPera for showing us and showing me how to do the work and uh, help, help me, helping me understand Joel's mind. So with that, if you liked today's episode, hit the subscribe button, leave, leave me a like, leave me a comment on YouTube. And if you're listening, please subscribe to the channel, subscribe to the platform, turn on your notifications so that next time when I drop an episode, You'll get a little buzz in your pocket, and that'll be little old me. With that, you'll have a blessed day. Have a good morning. Have a good afternoon. Have a good evening, and I love you, and keep doing what you do. Peace.